and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Last time on Fate's Split. As the party arose in the tavern in Interion, they had some breakfast and went about to their meeting with Favin and Markry, mayor of the town. During their meeting, they found that Favin had been directly involved with the expulsion of the goblins from the caverns, and that Markry the recently appointed mayor of the town of Interion, was not aware of the circumstances uh, surrounding this expulsion. Upon finding out that Favin was also actively poisoning Markry, he jumped out of the window and disappeared from view. Thereafter, the party escorted Markry to the tavern where his uncle put him into a protective cavern room beneath the tavern, and the party ventured into the interior mines in an effort to clear out whatever menace was within, killing the miners and town guard. While searching the cavern, the party found various forms of arachnid threats, and a strange mutated being with spiked limbs and a sorrowful facade, trying desperately to make new friends. Upon investigating the body of this creature, they noticed that its face looked vaguely like the elderly goblins from the village to the north, and had the same pale blue tinge to its skin. As the party returned from the mines, they found the entire town of Interion gathered within the tavern, with Markry standing near the bar, apparently giving a speech, and as they entered the tavern, he stopped speaking. Everyone turned to the party, and he spoke out to them. Have you done it? Have you eliminated the threat? And this is where we will resume. So, the five of you, six of you, six of you now. So as the six of you stand in the opening of the tavern... You see before you what appears to be the entirety of the remaining populace of the town of Interion, all gathered around the tables, some of them with drinks in hand, most of them without. The bartender appears to be sitting behind the bar, leaning against the wooden table. Markry and his uncle stand at the stage at the back end of the tavern. Seemingly mid-speech, cut off. Markry looks at you all, desperately hoping that you have some kind of good news for him. Uh, question to the DM. Yeah. Uh, due to the token color around Markry's uncle, is his health bar green or red? <laughs> uh, that was just the best token I could find for Markry's <laughs> uncle. <laughs> I didn't like any of the other ones, and I'm using pre-built tokens for the populace. I didn't also, feel like you making a like, hundred different ones. Do you like that I was able to get this fucking close to breaking you during intro? Yeah. That so was, close. That was good. That was good. Alright. Uh, are we going to answer him? Or? Uh, yeah, we... Uh... We found some type of creature down there amongst the bodies of uh, a lot of the miners. Yeah. 
killed him. Actually, brought him with me in case you guys wanted to look at him. You, you have the body with you. May I see it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Mossel put the bag of holding on the ground, reach in and pull out the broken body of this monstrosity and put it on the floor. You hear the gasps and screams of the men and women within this tavern. You see Markry visibly shaken as he pulls back and retches a little bit. What? What in the hells is that? Something we might have wanted to take out of the bag outside. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be something that was down there that was mutated by one of the uh, stones down there. Mutated by a stone? Where did you find it? In in the caves. Well, no shit. Where uh, so in the caves? Also, pull out the maps and point to the room where we found it, and then so off to the side here they had dug in a little farther and it seemed to have been trapped in there for god knows how long i mean i guess i could have counted the little scratches on the walls but and then they let it out and yeah but what Wait. are the scratches counting i guess was the days how i have i have questions but none of them relevant You said you found evidence of where it had been living in this this small room here off of the room where the red crystals were being mined. Yes. That was a room we had had some difficulty getting into a couple of months ago. During our mining operations, we'd cracked the wall a bit and saw the purple light coming through. We thought we had already mined all of the purple crystals from the caverns. When we saw that there was more to be found, we tried to break the wall, and that is about the time that these things started to happen. I want to say it was the following day. It seems that some kind of evil was unleashed, so... Uh, were those purple crystals important? Well, the purple crystals fetched the highest value at market. They're used for transmutation potions and spells. That would that make sense. Well, if they emit that kind of energy, I'm sure prolonged exposure might do bad things. Um, yeah. Yes, I suppose that would do it. Do you have any idea what it was? I couldn't be sure. The good news is, is most of those purple crystals are now perfect size for harvesting. Why do you say that? Because they're... everywhere. Alright. But, they're rough cut and reinserted in the walls and the floor and the ceiling 
So what you're saying is you've more than tripled our workload trying to retrieve them. But you might be able to fetch a higher price because they're smaller and already partially cut. Goblins. What about them, big fellow? Um. I. Mine. I think they... what he wants to ask is are they welcome back since we cleared your mine? Is that, is that what right, you're Karen? trying to ask? <clears throat> Kent and Meme and Fam come back. I'm work. I'm not familiar with those names, but if they are the names of the goblins, they're more than welcome back. If you are confident you have eliminated the threat within the caves. Yeah, we uh <clears throat> we walked through all of it. Well, I doubt In you walked through all of it, but if you've at least cleared out the mining section, we can block off the other corridors. Your yes. spider problem's also solved. So, is that too? Yeah. Well, for now. At least it will help expedite us resuming our mining operations. And, and Spiders always come back. Fire works really well on spider webs. We had noticed that. In fact, it's part like of why we use the lanterns and the oil. Every once in a while, if we see too many spiderwebs building, we just throw down a vial of oil and light it. Let the fire do its work. Torches don't tend to hold up against the water down there. I can see that. But if you've cleared out the spiders for what they are now, then... Like I said, we'll be able to get back to mining faster than I might have expected. At least I don't need to hire a new guard or wait for them to show up before we can get back in there. Usually it takes two or three months before the spiders come back after we've killed them. They always come back, but we know how to deal with them. Well, crisis averted there. Well, I, I greatly appreciate your efforts in this matter, and yes, if you have any way of contacting the goblins, they are more than welcome to return home. We would gladly take their assistance in the mining operations, or they could simply live down there as long as they are alright with us continuing to mine. We won't bother them if they don't bother us. Whatever agreement <clears throat> they want, they are welcome home. Gern's going to run up to him while he's saying this and just give him a big hug. My <clears throat> so Gern, don't lick him. I I appreciate your enthusiasm. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm very weak for this. <clears throat> they come back home. <laughs> yes, Thank you. yes, yes. Please put me down. <laughs> oh, and he's my. gonna lick his the height of his face. Oh god. Titan save me. Oh. Garth you see his uncle out. just kind of standing to the side, chuckling to himself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now that being said, <clears throat> as he wipes the drool from his face, 
How should we go about inviting the goblins home? Uh, we can discuss that uh, a little bit later, but that will be arranged. As you wish. Oh, Crystal, you're, you're still here. I'm like, yeah. Did, did you find what you were, like, looking for? Um, like, kinda. I mean, like, I found him, but, like, he's, like, kinda dead. Oh. Oh, my, my poor child. I'm so sorry. I am very, very sorry. Yeah, like probably gonna take him home and like have a funeral you wish to carry his body home um I'm like gonna use a cart if that is the way that you would like to go about this then I can arrange for a cart and a horse to bring you and your father home that sounds like so great thank you are you sure you're all right, dear? Oh, like, absolutely. Why wouldn't I, like, be? Because your father died? <laughs> Such a strange creature. I'll be, like, fine. Roll a deception check for me real quick. <laughs> right. Let's see. Uh, 22. <laughs> well, if you say you're fine, then I suppose you're fine. I mean, you've been here long enough. You probably assumed that he hadn't made it out by now. Uh, when when do you want to take your leave? Um, like, probably soon. Alright. Well, it's a bit late in the day at this point. We can, I can have a carriage and horse arranged for you by the morning, if that's alright. That sounds, like, perfect. Thank you. Uh, of, of course. You've done our town a great service providing us entertainment in these long months. It's the least we can do for you. As for the rest of you, you too have done us a great service by reclaiming our minds for us and potentially bringing us new hands to help and new friends when they do arrive. I did tell you we would reward you handsomely. Name your price. And then we will do our best to compensate you. We've already agreed to allow the goblins back, but I know traveling is not a cheap venture. I mean, honestly, like, letting the goblins back here was our price. If you feel the need 
to do something else you can, but that's what we wanted. All right. Maybe... Maybe if you could compensate our stay for another day or two, tops. Oh, you needn't worry about that. Uh, Food and room at this tavern are free of of charge until you decide to leave. I've already arranged that with the barmaids and my uncle. He's more than willing to accommodate you. As many wooden spoons as you'd like to eat. Yes, I I heard the story. Yeah. I feel like at this point we probably should have walked closer to where he's at. Yeah, no, no, you guys have just been not... yelling across the table. Yelling across the bar. Yeah, I'm moving up. Good point. Uh, upon hearing that food and drink is free, uh, Shatton has snuck off into the kitchen immediately. Don't know if we're allowed back there. Yeah, Markry's uncle watched you do this. Because there's not a whole lot of places to hide based, you know, because of where yeah. he's standing and where the entrance of the kitchen is. He watched you do this and just kind of, he had his arms crossed and he just watched you go in. He's not stopping you. You've done more for this town than whatever you could possibly do in that kitchen. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> she will drag a sack of potatoes out. And try to yeah. hide them in your room. I know how this goes. <laughs> so I'm going to walk up to Markai and I'm going to hand him the piece of purple shard crystal that I have in my bag and offer it to him. You... You don't need to give this to me. We we can collect the pieces ourselves. If you'd like, you can take as many of them as you want. They may be of use to you. I know. I just wanted to show you exactly what you be basically looking for. Yes, this is a piece of transmetite. I know, but when, uh, Spice earlier said that it got shattered. I just wanted to well, show you how shattered I, it was. I appreciate that. And it's actually if that is the if that is a good example of the size of the pieces that he broke it into, however he did that, um it works because that's about the size of the pieces that we send out. That's Welcome. the size of the pieces that we that we ship out. Well, then we made your workload a lot easier. I don't know that you did, because one of the properties of Transmetite is that when you have such a high volume spread across a wide area, its power becomes amplified against itself. Well, uh... Did you expose yourself to that? A little bit. Then you're lucky you came out with your mind in one piece. Well, or at least your so body in one piece. one piece. That's fair. Normally, when we take transmetite out of the mines, we take it out in larger chunks and then slowly break it into smaller pieces and separate them quickly. We learned very quickly after one of our... 
there were stories of early miners who came across this and ended up growing extra arms after handling it too frequently. It's incredibly valuable, but dangerous to handle. The red ones are pretty valuable too. Blue ones, not so much. We haven't really found a use for those, but they still sell. <coughs> Do you need a Never. glass of water? Uh, I've been drinking as much as I've been, as much as I can. I can't seem to get over the damage that Favin's poison did to me. No, thank you again, Moss, for clearing the poison out, but it seems to have done damage during its presence within my body. I'm not sure that I can really do a lot more. I think that might just take oh. some time. I'm sure. In time, I will recover. Speaking of Fathom, have you guys found him? No, we haven't heard from him since he broke my bedroom window and ran off. There's been no... No, no trace of him. It's as if he disappeared on the wind. Um, while everyone is talking, I'm going to put the crystal back in my bag and I'm going to go check on Shat and in the kitchen. Okay. So you walk kind past... So you walk past Markry and his uncle and go into the kitchen to find Shatten. What is Shatten doing? an empty sack throwing in breads cheeses uh, hams preserved meats just trying to drag it across the floor filling it up a whole sack worth yeah <laughs> okay what size sack oh probably one of the, one of the large like a large flour sack Probably like they used to hold like um, ones that like, the, yeah. like, do like the 20, 30 pound ones. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, if you're filling that with bread and preserved meats and whatnot, um, I would say you're holding about 15 rations, 15 to 20 rations, depending on how you break it up. Uh, and do you plan on dragging that giant sack of food everywhere we go? Well, I mean, we have that little tinier bag that holds bigger stuff. I figured we can store some of it in there. What, the bag of holding? The one that he's holding, yes. I don't think we're supposed to put things in there. There was strict instructions with that bag. And I think you'd have to ask Moss about that first before you just throw things in there. Is just as she's watching you, trying to contemplate what you're just telling her about permissions. She just throws another piece of bread in. Why don't you go put that in your room for now, until we're ready to actually leave, just so you're not dragging it around and potentially hurting yourself. Grab a jug of wine, throw it in there, and then run off. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the group okay. and warn Moss about the, uh, well, I'm going to walk up to Moss 
Um, fair warning. Chen has a giant bag of food, and he wants to put it in the bag of holding, so... Just thought you'd like to know that. <clears throat> yeah, seems about right. Thanks for letting me know. Wait, he? Of course. Oh, she. She. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. a she. <laughs> My I, was, I was very confused for a moment. <laughs> I, I meant she. <laughs> you were confused. Imagine what Kent would have thought then. <laughs> That's fair. That's, That's true. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Kent. Kent, no, like. <laughs> has. Has Kent been with a male furry heart before? <laughs> Kent might like. <clears throat> And just as, his shoulders. as you are all having this conversation, Markry and his uncle are just kind of watching, smirks on their faces, kind of admiring the fact that the group of you all have this kind of camaraderie, that you can talk like this amongst each other. You all, you all seem to know each other fairly well. Have you been traveling together for a while? Gurn holds his fingers up, and he's, like, trying to calculate. <clears throat> and he hits himself on his head. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Yes, we've been traveling for a while. I guess you could say. May I ask how you it, managed to get to this town? Where are you all from? I, I feel like I hardly know you, and you've... You've saved my town quite a bit of hardship. Well, we uh, took a wrong turn at a tree. Well, I imagine that does happen. The woods can be a treacherous area. We're supposed to go right, and we went left, and then we ended up at the top of a, the mountain over there. That's a hell yeah. of a wrong turn. Wait, the mountains yeah. to the northeast, to the northwest. Yep. <clears throat> How oh. in the hell did you take a wrong turn at a tree and end up at the top of Glacier's spine? There are, no, there are very, very few trees up there. It was a hell of a wrong turn. If it wasn't for the fact that Vice's face covering was still up, he would have the biggest shit-eating grin on his face <laughs> as Moss just just said that. Well, it's a bit of a long and complicated story. Well, I suppose if, we all have time, if you have time. Then let's grab a seat at a bar and we can chat. Yes. Yes, let's do that, please. Uncle, I'm going to sit with our new friends. You, I think I'll be fine for now. And he just kind of steps away from his uncle and goes to sit at one of the bar stools, and his uncle just kind of pats him on the shoulder and walks off towards the kitchen to assess the damage that Shatten has caused. Gurn, <clears throat> <laughs> get ale. And he goes into the kitchen. <laughs> and comes back out <laughs> with 
a barrel <laughs> and sets it on the counter. <laughs> if you think you can finish it, it's by all means, it's yours. I'm worried about the mess he might make in the process of finishing it. Yeah. It's not a worry. You have all cleaned one hell of a mess. A bit of spilled ale is no matter to me. Or the people <clears throat> of this town. Gern's going to try and punch through the top of it to create an opening to just be able to use it as a cup. Okay, roll a strength check. <laughs> 25. Yeah, you bust the top off this thing. And it crashes. It, 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 the entire, no, the entire lid breaks from its binding and crashes into the ale on the inside, splashing everywhere. <clears throat> I'm I'm impressed I'm not sure what you faced in that cavern but apparently it left you quite thirsty yes I'm also impressed by the sound effects yeah Shatten at this point is definitely moving across the floor up towards towards where the stairs are She's finally left the kitchen. Okay. Little rabbit girl, are you going to join us? Tell us stories of where you come from. I'd love to know about the people who saved my town. As soon as I put this away. All right, come down when you're ready. So, from where do you all hail? Well, originally, I'm actually, or I'm from, uh, sit tight, because I can't remember, but I have it written down. I know, that's all I'm looking at, too, is my notes. I don't want to say the wrong name. Oh, I've there it is. lied? Do I not have it written down? <sighs> ah! <clears throat> Sorry. I had to find it. I need to capitalize that shit. Originally, I'm from Sherton. Really? On the other end of the continent? Once we uh, clear up where we're from, we can get into the fun story of how we got here. Alright, I mean, it's only a couple months' journey from here to there. <clears throat> Doesn't seem all that like far-fetched for you to end up in like this I town. Said, the fun bit. Yes. Uh, me, and, uh, me and Shatten are from Garlic. Garlic. I'm not familiar with that town. It's not on this continent. That's quite a bit further than Shatten, then. And what of you, young lady? Looking at you, Celine. Um, I'm from the Internal Shade Forest. I think I've heard of that one. 
isn't that isn't that right on the edge of Green Coast City? Yes. Again, a completely different continent. What of you, big ale drinking monster? From where do you hail? I. No. I gurn live in a cave. You lived. You lived in a cave. <clears throat> in it's snow. Not and he's going to point in the direction of the mountains. You lived in a cave up on Glacier's Spine. <clears throat> well, you, you're a tough sort of fellow to have survived up there. Goblin, save me. Wait, is that how you know the goblins? I didn't <clears throat> think you were serious when you said they were your family. Yes. They've been living up there. For 25 years, they've been living in the mountains. Your previous advisor did quite the number on their numbers. They've been barely surviving up there. And when they told us of Antirian being where they were from, and it happened to be on a travel through, it's one of the reasons we were so eager to help. With them being Gurn's family and the people that saved him, according to them, when he was <coughs> still large, but smaller, um, we had to we had to do something. We can't just let them sit up there and starve and freeze to death. As you're saying this, you see a look of pained regret on Markry's face. And he kind of sinks into a, a state of deep contemplation. Twenty-five years living in Glacius Spine Mountains. That is not a fate I would wish on anyone. But you've also helped rectify that, Mayor. If it wasn't for your willingness to have them back... They'd, they'd still be up there for another 10, 20 years. So it's by your generosity and your willingness to have them come home that they don't have to have that fate any longer. Gurn was eight when they saved me. You were only eight years old. How old are you now, sir? Um. He's going to hold up two fingers on one hand and three fingers on the other. You're 23 years old. You've lived on that mountain for 15 years. And the goblins have lived there for... 
I cannot begin to apologize for the actions of my father and Favin, as they were the ones who originally settled this town. But I will do whatever I can to make amends to your family. And make them feel as welcome as possible in their own home, as this is their home and not ours. No. Yours, too. Well, I appreciate that. So, you've all told me where you were originally from. What about these fun bits? So, to begin the, the short tale, I guess not short tale, but the, the tale of our group, do you happen to know where Hastholm is? I believe I've vaguely heard of it. I, I've gotten, I've, I've seen some invoices from there. Some of our products would, you know, not get sold in Green Coast and make its way to Hasselm. We had, um... Can I, history, can I history check to see if I remember ever seeing gems or things like that come through? Sure, go ahead. Uh, ba -ba -ba. That's a 12. Mm -hmm. This goes along with what I was about to say. <clears throat> I remember it because there was only ever one buyer in Hastholm. A man by the name of Northam. He always signed the papers that there never seemed to be anybody else. It was only him that bought them. Paid handsomely, too. It, I, from what I could tell, he was paying well over the asking price, almost as if he was determined to get them into his possession. I didn't realize those crystals came from Interior. So, we all met in Hastholm. Um, I was actually staying with uh, Northam. And uh, this group, being uh, Shatten and uh, being the rabbit Shatten, uh, Moss here, and Faisal gesture to Moss, uh, Celine, further down the bar there, and then another traveler with them. Uh, we all met in Hasto. And through interesting magics is the best I can describe it. Uh, we were actually transported from Hastholm to what was initially supposed to be Sheraton and through a strange series of events ended up uh, teleported to a tree on Glacius' spine. It was a weird bizarre transportation spell that was supposed to allow us to move from a tree within the tower of Hastholm I, I know it sounds far-fetched um, but to another tree in Sheraton and it just never 
it just didn't pan out and we ended up on Glacier's spine. Which is why we say we take a wrong turn at a tree. It's easier to explain. Markry looks over to you, Moss. I can see now what you mean by a wrong turn at a tree. That is a concerningly wrong turn at a tree. To come from one continent to the wrong end of another, all because of some magic. You'll have to excuse me while I sell the ingredients for magic. I am not one in tune with it. But you say you stayed with Northam for a time. I did, for several months. Then this may concern you. And he pulls out of his pocket a small leather-bound journal. And, and he, he, he clutches it in his hand, like almost offering it to you, but not quite ready. We found this in Favin's office. Shortly after you all went into the cavern, my uncle sent a couple of his more trusted friends to ransack his home. And aside from invoices of the sales of our crystals, he found this tucked inside of a hidden drawer, a hidden compartment within his desk drawers. We can't make out most of it. But there is a recurring name in here. Northam pops up in here quite a few times. We're not sure why, but it may serve you some good. Thank you. Uh, excuse me. Thank you. I, uh... When you say you weren't able to, to read it, is it... What do you mean? Uh, it's, it's clearly written in common, but it's gibberish. Uh, it must be some kind of code or cipher or something. Well, if there's anything that is written, there's always going to be someone that can read it, so... Thank you. I appreciate that. And Vice will reach out for it. And he hesitantly hands it off to you. Northam, uh, while, while we can't confirm his fate, uh, we believe that Northam might have died when we were transported. Uh, his tower fell as we left due to an attack on his tower. I... I am sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that one of your best sellers is, or to tell you that one of your best sellers is potentially dead. I'm, I'm less worried about the money and more for the person who may have fallen. Shatten, what are you doing in all of this time? Um, she's you know, shoving currently the shoving the sack up underneath it in her little nest bed that she's made. And um, once she's done with that, she's going to come down and just uh, listen. Okay. It wouldn't have taken you very long to do so, so you probably would have come down around the time. Uh, 
probably around the time uh, Vice was explaining the wrong turn at the tree. So you would have been around for the handoff of the uh, journal. Can I see it? Um, let me hold on to it just for a bit. Bitch, I can solve the, the riddles. There's one thing I've learned, Shatton, is you never cease to surprise me, so you might be able to. But... And Vice yeah. just trails off there. Um, while this is going on, I'm going to wave down a barmaid and order some food. Realizing <laughs> I haven't eaten much, so. So you got to hold up your hand to signal for the barmaid, and then realize that she's three feet away from you, standing right in front of you, listening to this conversation. Well, I wasn't sure, considering how busy the bar is. <laughs> yeah. Considering every table is full, I figured she was running around. We have our own so. personal barmaid now. <laughs> Apparently so. If you look at the map, there's a you bartender. Scare off. There is a bartender directly across from you, Celine, at the bar. I will <laughs> embarrassingly put my arm back down and be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, can I... Do you by chance have any soup or stew or anything like that? Well, we've got a bit of, uh... Um... She kind of leans in close. We've got a bit of rabbit stew. I I don't know if that's insensitive or not. I wasn't expecting, you know, a rabbit person to be here. <laughs> rabbit? Furry hop stew? <laughs> that was gonna I was over. whispering. <laughs> Would Shatton have heard this? I, you're yes. not even on the map right now. I don't know where you are. Oh. <laughs> if if you're down at the bar, then yes. Gern definitely didn't say that quietly. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's um, assume that Gern could hear her whispering. There you go. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Um, not not in the line of stew, dearie. Um we do have some ham, freshly baked. All right, I'll take some of that then. All right, um, let me go fix you up a plate. I'll be right back. And she kind Thank of... Thank you. She walks off with a bright red face. I'm going to turn to Gern. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to eat rabbit stew. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Shatton. yours, Gern. Just don't tell Shatton. <laughs> Shatton, is that considered cannibalism? If Rather you were to not, eat it. Uh, think about the implications of that. Well, because you're not technically a rabbit. You're like a sentient rabbit. Like it's its own separate thing. So, 
really, I, I'm just curious as to, like, how rabbit are you? I don't know. Moss, would you eat a turtle? <laughs> I mean, during tough, tough winter, like, tough months and stuff, we have eaten turtles. Was that considered cannibalism? I don't know. We Food. A fishing village and turtles are food. Yeah, but what are the implications of that? We didn't eat the ones that topped. So it wouldn't be cannibalism if it couldn't talk. Got it. Oh, These are the questions I... that need be answered. So if I can talk to animals, then it might become cannibalism. Well, can you talk to animals? I can. No. You can talk to animals? You're, you're surprised gonna, by you're the just fact that I can talk to animals. I turn into an animal. You don't think that I can talk to them? doesn't mean you can them? talk to them. I turn blue. I can't talk to the color blue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you can talk to the blue goblins. But that's because but like, they speak common. So if you look at, like, talk to animals, and they're saying, like, cannibalism means, like, if you could talk to it. Are you, like, cannibalism any time that you don't eat, like, every time you, like, eat meat? What? <laughs> 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 food is food I just you know you, you gotta eat to survive so are you really gonna judge if you're starving do they like I'm like do they talk to you when you're like killing <laughs> no at this point the barmaid returns with a plate for you Celine with a couple slabs of ham a, a section of bread and a handful of roasted potatoes. And as she turns, she places the, she puts the plate in front of you. And as she walks away in her other hand is a bowl of stew that she places in front of Gurn. <laughs> are, are you really sure you want to eat that in, in front of your friend? <clears throat> Gurn picks it up. And drinks all of it. <laughs> that nice oh. is gonna go wide. Mom? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I'm surprised he was able to slip the chunks. A lot that doesn't surprise me about Gurn nowadays. And the way he eats. I mean, he ate a wooden spoon. You know what? That's fair. I'd, I'd like to, to take that back. I'm not surprised he was able to slip chunks. <laughs> More drink. Gun, you have an entire barrel in front of you. Gun. Yeah, he drank it all. Have you drank the entire barrel? Oh, yeah. 
Roll a constitution. Strike it in like one second. Gurn's definitely swaying a little bit in his seat. I just rolled a nat 20, though. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're fine. My, my drink. <laughs> Another barrel for you, dear. Um, half. <laughs> sure. One half barrel of ale coming up. And she kind of steps away carefully and goes into the kitchen. And when she comes back out, <clears throat> she comes back out a couple minutes later with a tray that has several mugs all filled with ale. And at the center of the trail, uh, at the center of the tray is a barrel. And she lays out the mugs on the table in front of each of you and then places the barrel in front of you. I didn't have a half barrel ready, so I emptied it into these mugs for your friends and figured you could have the rest. Is that fair? <clears throat> yeah. All right, then. He's going to reach up on the, uh, to the counter to the mug. A toast! To our fallen family and friends. To more adventures ahead. To chug. Get Goblin. Gern's gonna start to chug too. I'm going to sip mine. I'm also going to sip hers. Boss will take a drink, but he's not gonna chug the whole thing. No. Yeah, no. Vice will take a drink and immediately push push his mug over to over to Moss. Not your thing, huh? No, <laughs> not for me. But it felt wrong to not at least drink with the group. Sets the barrel down on the counter. Well, as you all celebrate your victory, I I'm going to turn in for the day. I'm um I'm exhausted. You can lay your rest. I believe I have a bit of recovering to do. <laughs> Go to your cave. <laughs> Unfortunately, until I can be certain that Favin is no longer a threat, I may need to rest in the cave for tonight. Perhaps I'll turn out like you, large sir. <clears throat> Make sure to drink plenty of barrels of ale, and you might grow big and strong like Gerd. I think I'll start with water, but I'll take that advice to heart. <laughs> and Markry gets up, bids you all good night, and walks back to the kitchen where you know the entrance to the hidden cavern lies. You think we scared him? 
He was just in awe of us. I think he's like simply worried by like you guys. Gurn P. Gurn gets up and runs to the front <laughs> door and goes outside and starts relieving himself off of the front steps. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's um. public indecency. What are you talking about? Well, Markar has been through a lot, it seems, and especially in the last couple days alone, so I don't think we really scared him as much as he just has a lot to mull over, I suppose. No, I don't think that, like, we scared him to, like, go back into his <laughs> cave, but I think that, like, the way we <laughs> exist, I don't know how to phrase that any better. The way we operate as a unit, as a group, might be alarming to some people. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just surprised that everybody just stayed in here. There's a, literally a dead whatever, like, on the floor back there. Nobody bothered to do anything with it. Just laying there. We were the only thing maybe the only people brave enough to even go in after a madman came out of the cave. You think they want to touch it? Fair. I mean I don't even want to touch it. What do we do with it? Well, I suppose we could bury it somewhere. Or maybe we can take it back to the goblins. Maybe they'll know what it is. Do you think Gurn would eat it? Probably. We're not feeding it to Gurn. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest not suggesting that to Gurn. How do we want to uh, go about getting the goblins here? Honestly, I hadn't thought about that. Gurn will go. He's trying to hold himself stable on the counter. I mean, I guess we could go back and get him. It would be a way to guarantee that they get down here safely. Gonna be a lot of goblins to just escort <clears throat> all the way down here. And a lot of stuff. We'll talk to... We'll talk to... The mayor in the morning. I was kind of thinking if I just showed them where he, where they were. Where they are. They could send some people up to get them. But on the other hand... The goblins just trust... Random humans showing up without Gurn. Exactly. That's the other concern. I think we might have to go get him. <clears throat> we go quick. We know way now. Still a few day journey, but... It's like my home. 
Yeah, I'm not too worried about uh, detouring our journey by a few days to make sure they get here safely. I'm just concerned about the logistics of traveling with shit. How do you, how many do you think? Seventy goblins and all their possessions. Are there, Gurn? Gurn's going to hold up four and two. And then he's going to switch them back around. So it's two and four. Twenty-four? <clears throat> okay. I... Yeah. Well... If we're going to get the goblins, I suppose we can encourage them to travel lightly for the journey here, and then later on, they can eventually go back to where they live to go get the rest of their belongings. They have traveled up on Glacia's spine to collect them to begin with, so makes sense. That's true. It'll be a, it'll be a lot uh, more temperate of a journey to the city. Then uh, up Glacier's spine, so shouldn't be a problem. We just gotta take care of that tree we laid across the road on the way back. That's an idea. Maybe we take a cart up there. Mm. See if we can't get a cart. There are a few little ones, so well, they're all little, but like little little ones. But the elderly and the young in the cart won't slow us down. That's if we can't fit everyone in the cart. Well, like, I'm sure, like, you could ask them for, like, a large cart. Yes, carts do come in many shapes and sizes. Yeah. Crystal. Everybody else said where they were from. So where are you actually from? Oh! Well, like, I'm from Felderwind. Are you answering that now because we helped you? Well, no, like, you asked politely. <laughs> it, it could just be the tone of your voice, Lice. Bartender, do you have something that doesn't taste like shit, but is stronger than that? Because I want to be more intoxicated than Gurn. If you're serious, we have some wine. Please. Alright, one moment. She goes out to the kitchen, and she returns with a bottle, dark green in color, and places it in front of you. On this bottle you see the image of a large oak tree that you remember as being the insignia above the town hall of Sheraton. I'm going to read the label. It says simply Sheraton Vineyards. Thank you. Uh... You would know your hometown is known for 
growing grapes and making wine. I've had a very stressful last few weeks. Some things escape me. I apologize, Merciful Titan, for disappointing you. It was more for the audience's sake than for yours. I know. I had to include that, though. Fun side note. When I wrote down names for the goblins last week, I actually wrote down 24. (laughs) And I didn't realize that. That's amazing. Uh, do you have a a cup that might be smaller than one of these mugs, by chance? I I don't know if I can drink an entire bottle if it's stronger than the ale. Of course. And she turns around to the cabinets behind the bar and pulls out a small glass and places it in front of you. Thank you. And I know our drinks are covered, but Vice is going to reach into his pouch and pull out two gold this is this is for you thank you 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 don't have to do that dear everything's Please. covered no it's for you i insist if you insist thank you very much thank you and she slips the two gold into her apron <clears throat> um <sighs> gern's gonna grab five gold pieces and slam and like just roll them on the Across the counter at her. Thank you, sir. You're very generous. Thank you. Good half line. Sure. I. As she steps, as she begins to step away, she kind of cups the five gold in her hand over the counter and slides them over in front of you, Vice, and just kind of hides them behind your bottle of wine directly in front of you, winks at you, and then walks out back and returns a moment later with another bottle of wine and hands it to Gurn. I'll stack them up and, like, take three and put them in my pocket to give to Curtin later, but I'll leave her too. Okay. Don't worry, Kern. She rolled a sleight of hand over your passive. You didn't see her do this. Especially with you being drunk right now. Gurn is going to grab the bottle of wine and look at the cork being seated down and flush he's just going to take the top of the bottle and bite the top of it off yep okay um roll me a d20 don't add anything to it Okay, you managed to do so without slicing yourself on the glass. Garn's going to spit the piece that he bit off onto the counter, proceed to slam the entire bottle of wine, and then smash the bottle across his own head. 
Okay, uh, roll me a constitution saving throw at disadvantage. Six. Yeah, you're now at two levels of inebriation. <laughs> Gern falls out of this chair backwards. Okay. But, uh, huh. I think we should get a uh, Gern upstairs. I was just gonna say, I think we should all retire for the night. Um, I'm gonna push my empty plate towards the barmaid and give her two coins as a tip. What kind of coins? Uh, gold coins, probably. Damn. You guys are paying her annual salary in tips right now. I just hope you know that. We just saved her fucking town. And she has to put up with us. Yeah. All right. She's going <laughs> to own this tavern by the time we leave. <laughs> Pretty much. Alright, so Moss will bend down and try and pick up Kern. You gotta... Okay. By yourself? Like... That will help. <laughs> How? 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 <laughs> Explain to me the logistics of this. Yeah, you know, like... I wasn't even gonna try. <laughs> the lean down, like, arm over the shoulder and stand oh, the, up. Oh, the, the roll drum. and lift? Yeah. The roll oh, and lift. Yeah, the, fire, the fireman lift. Yep. Nice. Alright, uh, just roll me a flat strength check. Just to make sure. Actually, no, if you're gonna do fireman, do athletics. Give yourself that a bonus. Isn't gonna make it too much better. So, athletics. So, that's a plus seven for an eight. So I rolled a natural one. Why don't we say it's an advantage because Shatton insists she can help? And even if it's just moral support. Because <laughs> if not, you're dislocating his arm. That's a 21. That's better. So you managed to fireman lift Gurn over your shoulders and across your shell. Shatten barely lifting one of his shins. And I imagine you are all retiring for the night. Yes. Uh, Vice is probably going to hang out down here just a little longer to actually like taste the wine and enjoy it. Okay. After asking for a corkscrew or something to get the cork out. Oh, she would have opened it for you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> She's, she didn't open Gurns in the hope that it might discourage him from drinking it. But that didn't work out. Yes, Kurt. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Again, thumbs up is perfectly fine. Waterfall of ale, wine, and rabbit stew crashing down the staircase as Moss 
tries to carry <laughs> Gurn up the stairs. <laughs> you hear an elongated sigh from the barmaid. Vice is going to take the three gold coins from out of his pocket and put it back on the other <laughs> and say, I am so, so sorry. She just kind of sighs again and gently nods knowingly. It's not my first time, dear. The rabbit stew never seems to sit well. But thank I you. Don't think, I don't think a barrel and a half of ale sits well either. I don't know. I've seen men smaller than him finish more. That's insanity. Well, they're dwarves. What do you expect? That's fair. I hadn't considered that. Don't see them often. Passers-by, mainly. Where, where is the nearest town that has dwarves? There are some that come out of Red Coast. Usually traders. Who want in on the mines? They uh, they don't stick around for long. You know, they come up, get what they want. We kind of have a running deal. If you want to come up and work for a bit, you can take a percentage of the gems you mine. Rather than us paying out, you know, take what you need. Yeah, you you know, you, they keep 10%, we keep 90 They go on their way. Haven't seen one it's in not, a while. It's not too bad saves us a bit of coin and earns them some yes so before Moss puts Gurn on the bed he has well Shatten open the door and then has Shatten strip the sheets off Gurn's bed Yeah. and then lays Gurn down on the bed and starts okay. cleaning himself off with the sheets and then goes and starts cleaning the stairs up with the sheets <laughs> <laughs> sheets. The barmaid sees you doing this and says, please dear, don't worry about it. I've got cleaning supplies in the back. I'll take care of it. Okay. It's just, yeah. Do you happen to have like some water I could like go outside and rinse myself off with real quick? Uh, yes, there's a there's an old well. There's a well out back. You can use that if you Thank need. Thank you. Uh, Moss will go out to the old well. As you step outside, the sun has definitely be, has definitely dropped below the mountain line. Um, the valley is cast in shadow. Stars are beginning to peek through the pink and purple skylight. As you're looking around, the moon begins to rise. Almost entirely full at this point. The moon is large and bright behind the mountainous skyline. You sneak behind, you, you go behind the tavern, and you, you find the well, a simple pump, a pump, uh, a simple pump well. You begin churning on it, and you hear the creaking of rusted metal, and it begins to churn out water. Cold, fresh, clean water from the mountain. Also, put the sheets underneath it, well, a clean section of the sheets, and start rubbing the rest of the vomit off of him. Yeah. It's messy. <laughs> then, then I'll go back inside and 
sit down next to Vice and start finishing his ale. You know, I, I don't think wine's too bad. I'm not can't, sure how I feel about it yet, though. Can't say I've ever had it. Vice will push the bottle over towards you. Give it a try. Also, pick the bottle up, and you know how you used to like waterfall other people's drinks. Yeah. Just do that for a little bit, and then put it down. The taste is Not sharp. Bad. Sharp, fruity, with a little bit of an alcoholic bite, but it is otherwise refreshing and quite relaxing after it hits your tongue. Not bad at all. This is actually uh, made in my hometown. Quite a coincidence. Yeah. Not sure if I'm ready to read this journal. I could take a look at it, but I have a feeling Shatten's probably the person that can figure it out. She's always been good at that type of stuff. That might be the way to go. Hmm. I, just, I don't know if there's any real, if it's all random gibberish. I don't know if there's any real use for you reading it anyway. Well, it's worth a shot. True. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to finish this bottle in the room. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I don't really want to stay in the same room as Gurn. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, me either. Kind of smells in there. Bartender, do you happen to have another room available? Yes, of course. There are the, there are five rooms upstairs. You had originally only asked for two. Crystal's got claim of one of them. If you'd like to take any of the others, you can. We haven't got we'll anybody else staying here right now. We'll definitely be taking at least one of them. That's fine, dear. Unless, Moss, you want your own room. Which, it sounds like there's two more, so... Can't say I've ever really had my own room. Kind of just pop into my shell and I guess there was that one night at the tower. It was a couple nights. I think. Yeah. It was a couple. But yeah, mine as well. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. And again, I'm so terribly sorry about the mess. Yeah. We'll, don't we don't will... worry yourself, dear. We'll be alright. We'll get him civilized eventually. Hopefully. Well, if what I overheard is true, it might take some time. That much, that much of his life spent on the mountain. I imagine he hasn't had much socialization. Yeah, probably not. And, uh, 
Hopefully we can stop him from eating spoons. I I think that's gonna be a bit harder. It's not that much trouble. I'll just have my husband scratch up another one. Maybe carve a new one this time. He seems he seems to have good intentions. Just needs to uh lay off the drink a little bit. so much being from the mountains can't be too much alcohol up there I wondered the same but I imagine it's ignorance and excitement well if there's anything I've learned about those goblins they'll find a way one way or the other so wouldn't be surprised if they found alcohol up there before Probably. It's getting late. We should we should go to bed. Yeah. So Moss will finish his beer and then head up to one of the empty rooms. Vice will take his glass and his bottle with him and go into the last room. Alright. <clears throat> so then we have Celine and Shatten sharing a room. Gurn in his own vomit-stained room, Crystal in her room, Moss and Vice each in their own rooms. All five rooms of this tavern have been taken by the party at this point. Would anything like to be done during this evening before we move on to the next day? Um... What does my room look like again? It's a simple room, a single window, Pointed outside, a small hay bed, simple linen sheets, and a small pillow, a nightstand for storing personal things. Nothing too complicated. Is there a chair in my room? Not at the moment. Okay. Um... So, I... I get upstairs, avoiding the vomit on the stairs, and get into my room. I'm going to sit on the windowsill, I guess. Okay. And kind of just look outside, and I'm going to pull the necklace out of my bag and kind of fiddle with it. Are you doing this with Shatten in the room? You two are sharing a room. Is Shatten in the room? I don't remember her saying that she went in the room. Um, after dealing with having to help with uh, Moss and Gurn, she went into the room, more than likely, uh, and she went up under up into her little nest. Okay. So Which I'm I kind believe of... is underneath one of the beds, correct? Correct. Yeah. So Shatten's in the room. She's just buried under the bed right now. Okay. Oh. I'm gonna assuming that Shatten is not awake I'm gonna kind of look at the necklace a little bit is it still glowing it is it is glowing a very pale green and is warm to the touch um 
I am going to slip the necklace on and kind of just look at it and then look outside, not feeling too, too tired yet. You're wearing the necklace? Yes. Okay. When you pulled, when you put the necklace on, pulling the leather band over your head and the necklace rests on your chest, the warmth emitted by the charm, the small wood carving of a raven, the warmth soaks into your chest and you suddenly feel a great peace, comfort, the familiarity of the embrace your brother once granted you when you were younger, that familiar comfort of a loved one holding you close. And as you look outside, with the daylight rapidly dimming and the large, nearly full moon rising in the sky, you find yourself staring at the moon, and your vision begins to fade and grow dimmer and dimmer and the warmth against your chest increasing. As you lose vision, your sight regains and you find yourself back on the peninsula within the Eternal Shade Forest. You can see the large tree bathed in green light in front of you. The ghostly pale green visage of Harrison standing directly in front of you. Celine, as we said, those most important are kept close to our hearts. Your brother left his will and his essence, his need to protect you within this charm. His life exists within it, and with it we grant you greater power, an ability to do more as our herald of evolution. And as Harrison speaks these words, you feel the charm against your chest begin to grow hot, almost burning. The heat spreads throughout your body, and you feel your form begin to shift. As your vision returns to you, you find yourself back within the tavern. Your vision reclarifies to the view of the moon over the mountainscape. Shatten, while you were nesting underneath the bed, you heard Celine come into the room and stop on the other side. You heard her shuffling in her bag a little bit and just kind of sitting there unmoving. And then all of a sudden you heard her fall to the ground. And as you poke your little eyes out, you do not see Celine. You see a large feline-like creature, six legs, two tails, and a large panther-like face staring off into the distance, emitting a pale green light. 
Celine, if you would check your uh, character sheets, your stat block list, and your handouts, you will find a couple of new additions, and you now have three uses of Wild Shape per day. Is it the Beast of Nature? Yes. You now, have a okay. new, you now have a new Wild Shape form that you are currently in. as putting on the necklace has triggered your connection to your brother and Harrison and Harrison has granted you a new beastly form how long does this form last the same as the others check your uh, handouts oh yeah true Staten is terrified by the way and is remaining completely silent because now there is a giant predator in the same room as her She's doing her best not to be seen or heard by it. Celine, this form can be treated like any other wild shape. So you can okay. dismiss you can dismiss the form at any point, but having put on the necklace for the first time, you have unwillingly changed into it at this moment. Okay. And it lasts twice as long, so that means Basically, it will last as long as you have levels in Druid. And it's only this wild shape, or is it all of them? Only this shape. Okay. You have gained an additional use of wild shape, and this form can be held for twice as long as any other form. I can't talk in this form, can I? No, you are still a beast. Okay. Okay. Um, am I aware of what I am, or am I still you, kind of in a daze? You are, you are well aware that your form has completely shifted. But you are okay. large. This is a large beast. You are taking up most of this room at this point. Like, aside from the beds, like, so there's two beds in this room, one for you and one for Shatton. The space between them is almost entirely taken up by this form. I'm gonna take a look around and try to, like, recollect my thoughts of what just happened. Okay. Um... Possibly looking for Shatten to see where she is. Cause uh, okay, you can roll perception and Shatten can roll stealth, but you know where she's hiding. I got a twenty-four. Shat, why don't you roll stealth for us? she's scared stupid. <laughs> So, Celine, in your current form, you easily sniff out the familiar smell of uh, Shatten hiding beneath the bed, nestled in the hay and food stuffs that she's hidden under there. I'm going to cautiously make my way over to Shatten as not scare her more. Stay back, kitty. Stay back. She's going to throw one of the hams at her from under the bed. 
Um, I can shift back to my normal form, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to stop in my tracks, and then I'm just going to switch back to my elvish form instead. Okay. Why would you do that to me? Everything's been trying to eat me since I started this trip. You scared the titans out of me. I'm still not entirely sure exactly how that happened. I mean, I do know, but at the same time, like, I'm still processing how that happened. All comes out from under the bed. Can you pass the ham back? I'm going to throw it back. Pulls it under. Um... I'm going to slip the necklace under my shirt. Okay. Perhaps we should get some rest. And then I'm going to go over to my bed and um, start a long rest for the night. All right. Would anybody else like to do anything during this night? I would like to cast Comprehend Languages. Okay. And read this journal. All right. As you cast the spell, the jumbled mass of common words, seemingly gibberish, begin to rearrange themselves, and you begin to decode what it had said. For the most part, this journal is a collection of invoices based on Northam's purchasing habits of the gems, keeping detailed track of everything and anything that he had purchased from what Interion supplies focusing mainly on the blue crystals specifically, which you remember Markry having said didn't seem to hold much value. There are a couple of notes in here, though, that, along with the detailed invoices, seem to be that Favin was keeping very close tabs on anything Northam was doing. And a couple of notes, a couple of things written in the footnotes seem to imply that Northam may be a threat to whatever Fabin was trying to accomplish. Vice is going to slam the journal shut and tuck it into his bag. Okay. And he's going to uh, finish the bottle of wine and just pass out. Good call. A little taste of home before you fall asleep. Anybody else? Uh, Crystal is just going to mourn quietly before she goes to sleep. That makes sense. <sighs> All right. And with that, as the night progresses, you all eventually find yourselves asleep and restful. And as you complete a long rest, we are going to take our break. And welcome back. As a new dawn rises, 
you all feel rested and have achieved a long rest in your various rooms inside the Interian Tavern and Inn. Gurn, you begin to come to, smelling mildly of vomit, you find yourself on a sheetless mattress. <clears throat> Gurn pulls himself up out of bed. Oh. He holds his head, rubs his forehead. Food. And he makes for the door. Okay. And he goes downstairs to the bar. The same barmaid is there as there as was the previous night. <clears throat> Good morning, sir. How are you feeling? Hi. Um. No good. Little, uh, pain in the head? Mm, much. Okay. A drunkard's breakfast for you, then. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And she goes out back. And when she comes back out a few minutes later, she has two plates piled high with bacon, sausage, eggs, and what appears to be half a loaf's worth of toast. And a giant mug of water. Gurn just starts ravening, picking I, these plates apart. I was going to ask if you needed a fork, but I guess not. While this is happening, the rest of the party all comes to. Celine, you've been awake for a couple of hours, most likely contemplating your strange shift from the night prior. What would you all like to do? Um, I'm going to make my way downstairs to have some breakfast as well. Crystal is um, also going to come out of her room and go downstairs, totally not looking like she cried herself to sleep the night before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll also get up and go to get some breakfast. Vice is sleeping in. Shatten's uh, gonna come downstairs and uh, get some food. Okay. So as you all sit down, order your various breakfasts, is, is Crystal trying desperately not to look like she cried herself to sleep the night prior. As you're all beginning, as you all, as you all order your food, it comes out and is served to you, and you're all eating, and as you're sitting around eating, you all notice that Vice has not joined you yet. Vice must have stayed up late reading that journal. You should probably go upstairs and uh, show him what you showed me last night. I don't know if that would go over well, but 
I will at least go see if he's awake. And I will go make my way upstairs to go wake up Vice. You just gonna barge in or are you gonna knock on his door? No, I'm gonna knock. I'm not just gonna barge in. <laughs> There is no response to your knocking. Um, I'm going to knock on the door a little louder and kind of call out to him. There is no response to your knocking. I'm just going to walk in. And you see Vice laying on his bed asleep. Um, I'm going to go over to him and kind of shake his shoulder a little bit to kind of try to wake him up. What? Making sure you're still alive. Yeah. Still here. Everyone was wondering where you were at breakfast. Well, did you think that maybe I was sleeping? Well, yes, but... Then why were you wondering if I was still alive? Haven't heard from you. Did you think maybe it was because I was sleeping? I'm sorry, I feel like we've had this conversation already. It's alright, just come down to breakfast when you're ready. Okay. And then with that, I'll exit the room and go back down to my breakfast. Vice will slowly start to wake up and go downstairs. Okay. So as you're all sitting here, quietly eating your breakfast, trying to recover from the night prior, from the day prior... There are no other patrons entering the bar at this time. Your previous morning here, there had already been patrons upon your waking, already drinking, and yet there was no one in the bar this morning. As you're all eating, you all hear the tavern doors opening, and you see behind you, Markry steps into the tavern. Good morning, friends. Crystal, may I have a word with you, please? I'm like, of course. Thank you. Please, come with me. She goes and follows him. And he guides you just outside the front doors of the tavern. I hope you're not offended. I had one of our... I had your father... Placed in one of the coffins that we had available. Um, are you sure you want to take him all the way back to your home? We could have him interred here at the cemetery in town. No, like, I think I should, like, bring him back home. As you wish. Um, when you are ready, uh, one of 
One of our friends, one of your father's friends, has agreed to accompany you on the trip back to Felderwind. Oh, that's like great! So whenever you're ready, you can meet him at the edge of town. He'll be waiting for you with a cart to take you and your father home. Alright, I might like go later today. As you wish. Again, I am terribly sorry for your loss. Well, it's just like you said. I mean, like, how could he have, like, survived that long with, like, a monster in there? Yes. I am surprised that he did for as long as he did. Just nod softly. And he just kind of places his hand on your shoulder, nods gently, and then returns back inside the tavern. She follows him back inside. And then just goes to sit down. My friends, I have made some arrangements. Um, I don't know what your plan is for getting the goblins here, but we have some resources at your disposal if you're in need of them. How, how, how were we planning on getting the goblins here? Uh, well, the running thought was to... Oh, fuck. Sorry. The running plan was to go back up into the mountains and ferry them down. Uh, but there are quite a few of them. Some elderly. It might become a bit of a problem well I, I may be able to resolve that problem with the uh, resources we have available we have a couple of shipment carts that we used for delivering the gems to the shipments to, to the ports down in Red Coast uh, we could use those to transport the goblins if you wanted <clears throat> it helped Well, sounds like a plan then. We'll use the, uh, the carts. As you wish. Um, I don't know when you want to begin this journey, but whenever you're ready, we are. Considering we have other places to go afterwards, we should probably start, like, right after breakfast that's what I think too uh, if that's the plan then I will go let the stables know that their horses should be fed and prepared thank you and with that Markry leaves the tavern uh, in a bit of a rush you see a bit of a spring in his step as he exits so as it would turn out Probably, probably one bottle of wine is too much for someone that doesn't drink. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Also, 
if we ever find Favin, I personally want to castrate him. What'd you find out in the journal? I think Anything useful? Been, I think he might have been behind, at least had some reason to want. Uh, oh, God. I think he had some reason to want Northam dead. Hmm. Well, we could just leave him alive for questioning. Hmm. Yeah, but that takes away the entire pleasure of cutting off a man's genitals while he still lives. Slow torture. I thought you wanted to castrate him. Oh, Shatton, you sweet summer buddy. Moss, I'm going to let you take the honors on this one, as it's not my place. When we get to a bigger city, we'll go to a library, and then you can read all about it. In fact, if, if, we, if you can't find a book, you should ask the person manning the library all about it. I mean, they are quite knowledgeable. They are. In fact, it'd probably be easier just to ask that person uh, than to read it in a book yourself. Probably faster. That's my thought. I'll have to find one as soon as we get to find one, then. Or if we find Fathom first, then you'll get to see it firsthand. Then I'll show you. Gurn see too? Gurn will see too. Okay. On second thought, I'm kind of terrified of the idea of Gurn knowing how to castrate. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I figure. I mean, chances are he's probably already done it to many things without knowing. That is a real potential. That is a real potential. Uh, Barkeep, I'll have whatever Gurn had. Drunkard's breakfast. More, yeah, he seems much more lively. Of course, dear. Thank she you. goes out to the kitchen and returns a couple minutes later with a heaping pile of sausage, bacon, eggs, and toast. Grease still dripping from the bacon onto the eggs. Is there a way to keep bottles of wine once you open them? Uh, they don't keep as long, but you can always recork them. I might take a bottle to go then. Uh, if you wish. Thank you. And she goes to fetch you another bottle of the same Sheridan wine. Barkeep? Yes. Can I get a big plate of liver and onions? Um. Sure. What kind of liver? The smelliest. All right. G give me a moment, dear. And she goes out back, and you hear her arguing with a couple of the chefs. 
Not the rabbit! She comes back out a couple minutes later. You'll have to give us a bit, dear, to cook it up. Um, The cook has to go find one of the pig carcasses and take the liver out of it. It'll just be a few minutes. Thank you. And it takes a good, like, 15 minutes. And she ends up going back out into the kitchen and comes back out with a small cooked liver smothered in onions. Sorry, we never get the request for this. We usually just feed it to the dogs. Um, here? And she just kind of places the plate in front of you. I swear to anything holy if that comes anywhere near me you're going to be part of the next rabbit stew I can smell it from all the way over here I know it's good she just starts digging in it is the driest liver you have ever eaten if you have ever had liver before Oh, no, I can't stand liver. Yeah, it is incredibly dry. And it looks like the chef tried to mitigate that dryness with the juices from the uh, caramelized onions. But he just could not reconstitute it properly. Oh, hmm. the liver's the healthiest part. Oh, God. You can always tell when it's perfect because you can almost taste exactly how it smells. That smells like what it smells like what Gurn threw up all over me last night. Oh, that's even worse visually. I'm like, is it normal for like rabbits to eat meat? I'm ninety percent sure that. If given no other option, Shatten would eat a rabbit. Interesting. Are you sure you don't want to bite? Positive. Knowing that you're eating that makes me want to vomit. Vice is going to turn to the barkeep and say, I won't. But it makes me want to. No, I, I understand. There's a reason we never serve this meal. Aim that way. As you're all having these conversations, you begin to hear the trotting of horses and the low rumble of large carriages being pulled outside to the front of the tavern. So as you all turn around and look outside, you can see three large carriages pull up to the front of the tavern and Markry steps inside the tavern once more well whenever you're ready we are by my estimations and what I vaguely remember of the size of goblins we should be able to fit about 50 or 60 of them between these carriages and if there are more than that then well, I hope they can walk. Oh, there's less than that, but 
they do have quite a few goods that they'll probably try to bring. That's perfectly fine. Though I don't know what they might have for goods having lived up on those mountains. You'd be surprised. Collectibles, I suppose. I was surprised enough to learn that they had been surviving up there. So anything else at this point is just a bonus. I suppose we should get headed then. Whenever you're ready. Crystal, I believe the rest of this group will be heading out shortly. If you wish, as I mentioned, your friend is waiting at at the south of town with your father's remains. Whenever you're ready, he's waiting for you. Yeah, like, I think I'm going to go collect my belongings now to go meet him. All right. I wish you a safe journey, and please extend my condolences to all of Felderwind for your loss. Thank you, and, like, I will. With that, she goes back to her room to collect all of her belongings. Wait! Gern runs over to her. I'm like, yeah? Here. Gern reaches into his pants and pulls out the last foot of green silk that he has stuffed in his pants and hands it to you. I'm like, thank you. She's a bit confused looking at it. (laughs) Be safe. I will. Bye. Bye. She uh, proceeds to go back to her room. (laughs) Um, uh, I believe that we need a description of what this cloth might smell like, DM. Uh, at the moment it smells heavily of crotch sweat a little bit of urine as he was not able to completely contain himself during the night Um, basically it smells like swamp ass she's gonna just like be leaving it in her room (laughs) the thought is all that she cares about. <laughs> okay. So Crystal Turns heads upstairs. Magic item. So Crystal heads upstairs to gather her belongings for her journey home. The rest of the party, you finish up your breakfast, and you step outside. And what you see are three horse-drawn carriages, very large in size each towed by two horses. Like two horses per carriage. And Markreis steps outside behind you. Well, I suppose we should begin our journey. Wait. We? Yes. coming with us. If I'm going to be the one inviting them back home, I should do it in person. It's kind of a 
cold and dangerous journey like I've got jackets and new friends should we run into any danger but I feel that if I'm going to make a good impression on inviting these people back home I should do so in person rather than sitting here and twiddling my thumbs I will not be my father's son and be unwelcoming to these folk no encouragement no I need not encourage the goblins out again. I want to be a welcoming face, someone they can see as a friend. Okay. He kind of leans over to, to you, Moss. I'm beginning to understand him a bit better. Yeah, it, it takes a little bit, but... Uh, Vice is going to write a note for Crystal and leave it on the counter before they leave. And on the note, it will say, er, er, safe travels, and if you ever want to learn how to play an instrument better, let me know. Signed, Vice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll make sure she gets it before she leaves. Thank you. Of course. All right. Um, we go get a skip, flip, hip, chip, kip, rip, nip, turn up, mop, flop, hop, cup, bop, kint, mint, hint, flint, went, 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 mint, slant, sent, and me. Yes. You know, he's got an amazing capacity in his lungs. If we if we expand his vocabulary. He could become an amazing singer. Or at the very least, an amazing orator. That too. I was thinking a guy at an auction, because he could spit those out pretty quick. <laughs> Gurn's going to reach into his shirt and pull out the doll. <laughs> Meme. Is this... Who is Meme to you? <clears throat> Old mom. Old mom. I suppose she is the one that I should be speaking to to extend <clears throat> this invitation. <clears throat> I will keep that in mind. Shall we head out? Yeah. Uh. Are we good to ride in the back of these? It's up to you. If you'd like to ride in the carriages, you may. If you'd prefer to walk alongside, that's up to you, though you may hold them up. Yep. If you need me, please wake me up. And Vice will <laughs> climb into one of the carriages and just lay down. Wait, we can't <laughs> leave yet. We can't leave yet. Why? Shatten's going to run back into the inn and come back out with her sack of food. Go, go, go! Aw, oh, damn it. <laughs> you all hear from inside the tavern, thud, 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 as Shatten drags a giant <laughs> satchel of food down the staircase. 
You're going to share some of that with the goblins, right? Yes. Can I roll insight? You may. I don't I don't think we need to. <laughs> Go ahead and roll your opposition, Shen. Jesus, Germany. Oh. Uh, ten. Fourteen. No, she's not. I didn't think she would, but now she's given her word. <laughs> All right, let's go. All she had to do was say no. All and Ice right. is going to close his eyes. <laughs> Let us be off. And Markry steps onto one of the carriages and takes up the reins. Two other drivers sit down on the carriages and take up their reins as the lot of you pile into the carriages in whatever arrangement you would like. The reins are snapped and the horses begin their travel. And you are all now on your way to the northwest, headed back to Glacius Spine. Thanks to the carriage's travel, as opposed to the original six days of travel that it would take you to make this path and your knowledge of the paths along this route, it will only take you approximately four days to return to the Goblin Village as the carriages can make a little bit more headway. They're not a lot faster, but they are faster than you on foot. And with you guys guiding the way, Knowing this path, some time is taken off. Is there anything you guys would like to do during the first day of travel? Gurn is going to want to sit on the uh, head carriage with the mare and just keep uh, a good eye out for any th potential threats, etc. All right. Gun roll perception for the day. That is a 13. Okay. Uh, during the first day's travel, you don't see much in terms of threats. Uh, the various... You, you, you'd see a couple of... Uh, you see a couple of deer out in the fields who, upon hearing the carriages, scamper off into the distance. The fields through which this road follows, uh, tall grasses kind of swaying in the wind, the mountains to your east looming over the horizon, bathed in sunlight, and the mountains to the north that you can only faintly see capped in snow, reflecting that sunlight. You see ahead of you, as the day progresses through, you see that the grass begins to get lower, less less growth, and you begin to see patches of snow as the carriages are making good headway. But there are no apparent threats during your first day of travel. Batten is uh, constantly eating out of her bag. Okay. 
Uh, anyone who is choosing to eat on the first day can remove one ration from their inventories. Would anything else like to be done during the first day of travel? All right. So as the first day of travel begins to come to an end, you all find yourselves right at the cusp of where the grasslands end and the tundra begins. Patches of snow surround you, and the curtains are drawn over the carriages, providing you some shelter from the winds. The carriages are arranged in a somewhat circular pattern, and the drivers and Markry begin to build a campfire within the encircling carriages. Bedrolls are drawn out, and the night's rest has begun. Would anything like to be done on the first night? I'll, I'll take first watch. No. Kern watch. Sorry for puke. Moss. It's, it's fine. Okay. I'll take second watch. I'll take third then. So, first watch is Gurn. Yes, sir. Go ahead and roll perception for your watch. And, you know, just yeet that d20. Nine. All right. Uh, during the, the first two and a half hours of the night, there doesn't appear to be anything in this area of the fields. But during this time... Markry is also staying up with you. Uh, sir, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. Gurn. Well, Gurn, you said that you had been living on the mountain for 15 years. <clears throat> with the goblins? Um, yes. Uh, no. Yes and no. All right. I... How... How have the goblins been surviving up there all this time? Goblins have, um, small house. No one there. And they find stuff that is incredibly non-specific but you say they have houses <clears throat> well, at um, least they had some shelter <clears throat> fire and and fire well fire's good fire helps <clears throat> you know we have fire here it's keeping us warm And food. The food is good too. I'm, you are an amazing conversationalist, Gun. Thanks. Of course. Um, here. He pulls the bulette tooth out of his pocket. What is this? A, a strange looking saw blade? No, for you. He drops it in his hands. When it lands on his hands, mind you, this tooth is the width of Markry's waist. 
it's like a foot, foot and a half wide. What? Um, thank you. I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, don't put in your mouth. <laughs> I, I wasn't planning on it. it. It doesn't look like food, but it, it looks like it might make a nice axe blade. If I could find a decent enough stick to attach it to. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll keep this safe. Thank you for this gift, Gun. <clears throat> Thank you for gift for Goblin. It's the least I could do for what you've done for us. And as I've mentioned, I feel bad enough that my own family had a hand in their expulsion. Well, your family dead, so Gurn don't have to kill. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Gurn. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's passing was... was difficult. He, he was a complicated man. Always good to me, but I always knew there was a darker side to him in the way that he handled his business. We all have some dark. Yes, I suppose we do. I can't imagine the kind of creature you would have had to kill to get this thing. Sand bug thing. Sand bug thing. Well, then I suppose we should watch out for sand, shouldn't we? I, um, I'm going to try to get some rest now, Gurn. Thank you again for this thing. Night. Good night, sir. And he goes and climbs into one of the carriages to bundle up for the night. The remainder of your watch goes without issue, and you believe that it's about time to awaken Shatten for her watch. Gurn's going to sneak over to where Furry Hop is. Psst! Furry Hop! Yeah? Are you... My turn? <clears throat> you okay? To yeah. see? Yeah, I'll keep see. Okay. I sleep. Takes her sack over with her while she goes to step watch. She starts eating food out of it again. As she's okay. uh, watching around. Alright, go ahead and roll perception for your watch. Thirty twenty. Good golly damn. All right. During your watch, you do not see anything that is a potential threat. The area that you're in remains fairly quiet for the remainder of the night. But as your watch lies within the middle of the night, the moon at its peak, 
You watch as the moon finishes its shift to a full moon, bright, a pale white-yellow color, shining in the sky and illuminating the land around you. And as you look up at the moon, you see a flicker behind it. You can't be certain what it was. It's like the smallest silhouette of shadow just behind the moon. And uh, from where she's sitting, can she see uh, Moss? Uh, that would depend on where Moss is sleeping. Uh, I presume you're taking your watch from like next to the fire pit. Actually, from on top of the uh, wagons, away from the fires to get better looks. Fair enough. Away from the firelight. So, is Moss sleeping within one of the carriages? He'd probably be on the ground near the fire. Okay, so, yeah. Then, in theory, you are relatively close to where Moss is. I'm going to um, establish a link with him and wake him up without panicking the others. I'm sorry. If I was sleeping and I suddenly heard someone's voice in my head, that's going to make me wake up in a panic. Anyway. Well, that was pretty much how that was going to go. You're going to see Moss's head all of a sudden pop out of his shell and look around like freaked out. I think I saw something. Where? Behind the moon. Behind the moon. Behind the moon. I saw something. Okay. Uh, Moss will look up at the moon. Gun roll perception? 15. It's the goddamn meteor from Krampus. <laughs> As you glance up towards the moon, you stare for a couple of minutes and are unable to discern what Shatton had pointed out. I don't see anything. Or oh, something is a silhouette. That's why I woke you up. It was very weird. Oh, I guess... I guess wake me back up if you see something else. I don't really know what to do here. Can I still see the silhouette? At this point, it's disappeared. It was only for a moment. I'm definitely going to keep a more vigilant eye on this guy then. All right. As the remainder of your watch comes to an end, you do not see that silhouette again. The moon remains full, bright, and still. As your watch comes to an end, you believe it is time to awaken Moss for his watch. Uh, I'm gonna... Go down, shake his shell a bit. Moss, Moss, it's your... Yep. Yep, I got it. Get some sleep. 
she's going to climb into one of the wagons and uh, set up a little bed underneath one of the uh, benches or something that's in the back of the wagons. Okay. And Moss, if you could roll perception for your watch. Uh, 23. 23. The night remains quiet. You glance up at the moon every once in a while, and you do not see the silhouette that Shatton had tried to point out to you earlier. Uh, is there anything you would like to do during your watch? No, uh, there is, in fact. I want to go over to the, uh, the carriage that uh, Shatton went into. Mm-hmm. See if I can spot her. Spot Shatton? Mm-hmm. I imagine it's not terribly hard to find her bundle of hay and the sack of uh, food she's been hoarding. I'm going to try and steal the sack of food. Go ahead and roll sleight of hand. Dirty 20. Shatton, what is your passive? 18. Mossy successfully steal the sack of food. Cool. I will put that in the bag of holding. Oh. So it just vanishes. And I'll then that'll do it. Okay. That was 13 rations worth taken away. Okay. I'll actually. I'll eat some before I put it in there, just so I don't have to pull it out to eat. Okay. As your watch comes to a close, you see the sun begin to rise. The sky shifts to a pale blue and pink. Dawn has approached. The horses begin to stir, and the carriage drivers and Markry begin to awaken. A new day has dawned. And you begin the next day's travel back to the Goblin Village. Is there anything you all would like to do during the second day's travel? Yeah, she's going to be searching the wagons for her sack. Good luck finding your sack, Shat. <laughs> where's, where's all that food? Where's the food? Do you not have food in your pack? Well, yeah, that's my backup food. But I need my backup backup's food. What's your primary food? Whatever's being served. There is something truly wrong with you, Rabbit. Yes, I don't have my sack of food. No. The fact that you have backup for your backup food is what's wrong with you. I, I did see the... Uh small dog of some sort. I think it might have been a wolf or something in the camp, but didn't seem to be causing any trouble, so I just let it walk around. Maybe he walked off with it. He will, uh, roll, roll insight on that one. Okie dokie. Jesus, Jiminy. Eight. Nineteen. You let a dog into the camp while I was sleeping, and you didn't give me a heads up? 
What if it decided to eat me? I, I was keeping an eye on it. Just... But you let it of, take my food? It's kind of poked around. But it didn't touch you. Probably hungry. If... Think about it this way, Shat. If that... If that animal... Didn't get the food... You would have been the food. So really, Moss did you a favor. You know, not getting eaten. I would thank him. Gonna crawl, uh, crawl into the cart and just sit under the bench and sulk. When when she's when she's not looking. Moss is going to reach into the bag of holding and pull out, like, half a loaf of bread and hand it off to a Vice. Vice will look, smile, and, and nod. And eat the bread, because he's out of food. <laughs> he was actually going to ask Shat for food. <laughs> and that's why she has backup for backups. <laughs> Alright. And as the troop as you begin to approach the end of the second day of travel as all of this debauchery has happened you know that you guys are beginning to as you begin traveling north the tundra and snow begins to become more consistent and the carriages are now cutting through a few inches of snow by the end of your second day. And you believe that you are beginning to approach the area where you had fought against the Golem and the Bulet as you approach the end of your second day. Magic rock, not far. Is that where we're, is that where we're just about at? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, keep your eyes open. Watch the ground. Would like to take a look around to see if there's any disturbed, like, places in the snow or whatever where the thing might have come up, or another one might have. Okay, go ahead and roll perception. I see my feet. That was, that was a one, so a five. Yeah. Uh, you don't see any fresh disturbances in the snow. You guys haven't quite reached this spot where the where the shattered towers were, but you know that you're getting close. You don't see any fresh disturbances in the ground or evidence of any other bullets. Is there anything you all would like to do during this end of the second day? Nope. So, watch order for the night. That will take second watch again. Moss will take first. Ah, fuck. Vice will take third. Alright. Vice was gonna try to sleep the entire journey and wake up in the goblin village. No such luck for you. Alright. Moss. During your watch, please roll perception. 16. 
All right. The night remains quiet. You hear the distant howl of a pack of wolves somewhere within the mountains. As your night progresses, Markry remains awake and sits by you next to the fire. Suppose you've been with this troop for a while now. You mentioned you were from Gerlik, along with the, uh, the rabbit folk. Where, where is Gerlik? It's over near uh, one of the edges of the Eternal Shade Forest, over in that area. Oh, so you're just as you're just as far from home as Celine. Yep. Quite a long way to travel to end up on this side of the planet. Yep. It happened almost instantly. Yes, that's what Vice had mentioned. The wrong turn, wrong turn of the tree. Some inexplicable magics and some falters therein that sent you over here. I will say that I am immensely grateful that you did accidentally end up here. If we hadn't, we wouldn't have met Gurn, so... This is true. You would not have met Gurn, and you would not have... You likely would not have come to my village before it was run out or abandoned for whatever reason. More than likely. Glad we could help. I appreciate it. But tell me, what are your plans after we retrieve the goblins? Not entirely sure. We're trying to head to Vice's hometown. Guess we'll figure things out from there. I, uh, I believe he had mentioned a return to Sheraton. Excellent wine out of that town. I but I'm, tried I'm not some sure the other of, night. I'm not sure of anything else that that town may hold. I mean, aside from being his home. Yeah, I'm entirely sure. If that is your destination, I, I'm not one to question it. How did you plan to get there? Were you going to circumvent the lake? Um... Beamid said something about there being some tunnels in the mines that could get us under the lake. Well, I imagine there were. We had to uh, block off many of those tunnel entrances when we began the mining. Or as we continued mining, just due to a lack of resources and potential dangers that that deep, we had enough access to the crystals in the shallow mines that we had cut. But I, I don't know what lies beyond our mining operation. We'd simply block them off so that the miners wouldn't venture too far. That's the case, then. Star will have to go around, or maybe Beam can remember the tunnels we need. I mean, it's possible. Anything is possible. I mean, if they lived down there for a long enough time, they could have mapped out the entire area. 
I'm not sure. I think she said something about any apps or anything they had were left in in the town when they were forced out. I I'm not aware of any maps of the caverns underneath the lake. Mind you, much of that was purged when I was only an infant, so if there had been, they're long lost to time. In that case, we'll probably just go around the lake. Well, if you do, just keep an eye out for bandits. Our uh, shipment carriages usually traveled with a handful of guards just to keep people off of the you know, keep people from getting the gems. Your troop, well, you may not be shipping large quantities of valuable gemstones. You may still be targets for troops of bandits. But I know that there are a couple of small settlements along the road. Waypoints. Friendly folk for the most part. Just trying to make a living out in the wilds. Good to know, thank you. I mean, worse comes to worse, we just sick Kern on the bandits. Yes, he, he does seem to have a propensity for killing, as he has put it. That he likes to kill, or will kill, I believe is what he said. Yep, yeah, he definitely got some, got some power in those those arms. It would seem so. He, uh, he handed me this last night, and he pulls out the bullet tooth. Any idea what it is? He, no, uh, we, wasn't very specific. We fought a creature um, right around here, actually. Came up from underneath the ground. Sorry, like, when we first, like, saw it, it came up and just ate this person whole. Well, that's, that's downright terrifying. And we, uh, it took some doing, but we disposed of it. And those are, uh, those are its teeth. Well, if you managed to dispose of it, and you all came out in one piece, you must be a very, very capable group. Better we got lucky. Yes. Tell me, I was curious about this. If ever we should need your help again, how should we reach out to you? Does, does your group have a name, or should we just call out to one of you in some fashion? We I imagine we'll be... I imagine the people in my town will want to be telling this story, spreading word of your... your aid. Yeah, but Meme did mention it might be a good idea to think of a name, but we never really came up with one. Well, by the time this journey is over, if you have come up with one, I'd like to know it and share it. It's always good to know that there are good folk out there willing to help those in need. I mean, it does seem like it could come in handy, but... Well, what do you think our name should be? Oh, I don't know. I haven't put that much thought into it. You think of one. 
most part, you're going to be the one spreading it around. So if you think of one, this is true. But I don't want to. I don't want to inadvertently come up with something that may come off as offensive. You know, I wouldn't want to call your group rabbit stew or anything. Kind of chuckles to himself. Kind of like that name, though. I mean, if you want to use it, that's that's up to you. Anyway, I should probably be getting some rest. Mm. My, uh, my throat burns if I talk too much. That I'll keep watch for a while longer and then go wake Shotten up. Of course, I appreciate it. And with that, Markry bids you good night and goes to curl up in his carriage. The remainder of your night goes without incident. You All no right. longer heal the howling of the wolves, and it is time for you to wake Shatten for her watch. I'll go wake Shatten up and go over next to the fire and do the customary dig the hole, bury my stuff underneath me, and then lay down. All right. Shatten, if you could roll perception for your watch. Uh, 23. 23. The sky is crisp and clear. You see the moon only just beginning to wane on this night, still essentially full and bright. And as you look around, you hear nothing. The gentle breeze of Arctic air blowing against the mountainside. No sounds, no rustling. No threats. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? Um. Well, she's gonna take a couple. Uh, maybe if uh, is there any uh, uh spare wood or anything like that available? Uh, the carriages had been loaded with a few nights' worth of wood. Uh, for the sake of maintaining overnight fires. Okay. What exactly are you looking for? Just to set one up as a target to practice her throwing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you can hoist it, there's there's a log that you can pick up to use for target practice. And that's what she's going to do. Okay. Periodically looking around for uh, stray dogs. <laughs> okay. So as your psychic blades, are you using your psychic blades or your actual daggers? I'm switching it up back and forth. Got to keep them both uh, honed. Okay. As you toss your psychic blades, they impact silently, dealing no marks on the log as they are psychic. But you watch as they all impact with precision the steel blades with a sharp thud with each impact. Every once in a while, one blade goes a little wide against the narrow target, and it just hardens your resolve to become a better shot. The remainder of your night goes without issue, and you believe it is time to wake Vice for his watch. 
Okay. Go to Vice and give a little kick into his leg. Wake up. It's time for your time for your watch. You know there's nicer ways to wake people up than to kick them, right? Oh, it was just a little tap, sorry. Yep. And Vice will <clears throat> sit up and look for is is Shatten's target still standing? Did Shatten leave it standing? More than likely, yeah. Vice will go over and uh, grab that log and post it up near the fire. Okay. And start his watch. All right, go ahead and roll perception for your watch. Uh, 19. The 19. You keep a sharp ear out. And just before dawn, you hear the howling of wolves and the loud shriek of a small animal captured by the pack. The winds begin to pick up from over the mountains as a storm begins to roll in, obscuring your view of the sky. The sky begins to brighten ever so slightly as the gray clouds roll in and snow begins to fall. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? Um, with the snow rolling in, I'm going to walk over to Moss and like where his head hole is and go, Moss, I don't know if you can hear me, but you might want to get in one of the inside one of the cots. It's about to get real fucking cold. Would I be able to hear him? Uh, if he's actively trying to, you know, like gently wake you to notify you of this, then yes, you'll okay. be able to hear him. Like he's actively so, trying to wake you. Okay. So I'll get up and get in the wagon. Okay. I'll grab my stuff and get in the wagon. I'm not just going to leave it out there. Yep. And Vice is going to take a quick look around the uh, camp and make sure that everything else except the log that he's sitting on is uh, packed up and inside the carts. Okay. As you make your rounds, you notice that the uh, the other carriage drivers have actually also woken up and have begun taking out blankets and face coverings for the horses and have begun covering the horses to protect them against the weather. It would seem that they came prepared for this kind of circumstance. And between the three of you, you feel like everything has been safely tucked away for the coming storm. Cool. Alright. And as dawn breaks... About when does... Uh, does Celine wake up? Celine would be waking up uh, somewhere around. Actually, Celine would be waking up around the time that you take your watch. Presuming right. she went straight to bed. Yeah, I went straight to bed. Um, so, and then when I woke up, I was kind of sitting near the fire. So, yeah, Celine would have been up 
at the start of your watch and sitting with you. Okay. Uh, then besides like casual chat with Celine during, during his watch, once all the drivers and we er, wake up and start packing things, I'm going to go to Celine and go, Celine, do you have a second? Like just before dawn breaks and people are up. Yeah, what is that? Come with me over here for a second. And we're going to walk a little bit beyond camp. I will follow. I want to share something with you. All right. And Vice is going to, like, pull the hood up on his jacket. And you will watch as Vice turns away for a brief moment and turns back and you would swear that from his nose to the top of his head you're looking in a fucking mirror. How did you do that? Like the visible part of his the visible part of his face from just below his eyes to where the hood ends looks like you. How did you do that? I believe it has something to do with me turning blue as well. It's, it's part of my nature. May I ask what you are? Well, some people call us shapeshifters. Other people call us changelings. Odd, I'd never heard of such a thing. It's quite intriguing. It's rare. But... That's why... I'm different than anyone else I've ever met. But why do you turn blue, then? And in a flash, Vice goes back to... Back to himself. That's the part I don't know. Hmm. Not sure. But you had asked before, and I felt I should tell you. Yes, well, I didn't want to intrude if you didn't want to tell me. Just don't tell Shatton that I could become a rabbit person like her. And definitely don't tell Kint. I won't. Otherwise, we might find out if he likes boy rabbits. That's fair enough. Ugh. Feels like weight off my chest. Thank you. You're welcome. And Vice, with his hood up, will walk back towards the caravans. I'll follow. All right. As the remainder of your watch comes to an end, dawn breaks. There is no color to the sky as the thick clouds have completely rolled in. Snow flurry following in its wake, the flakes pouring down from the sky and melting as they impact your faces. The third day of travel has begun. Is there anything you would like to do during this day of travel? 
Stanton's going to sit on top of the wagons and keep watch. Okay. I'm also going to watch for dangers. All right. Anyone who would like to watch for dangers, please roll perception. 30, 20. 21. A four. Okay. Shatton and Celine, as the caravan continues, about halfway through your third day of travel, you have arrived where you had originally left the path to investigate the impacts in the ground, the collapsed tower where you had fought with the golem and the bulette. You do not hear any stomping or thuds, but you are reminded of the note you had found on the captain of the bandits. Stanton's going to uh, try to find the, the mayor. He is actually at the lead carriage. She's going to stick her head up over the carriage. And uh, Do you know anything about the, uh, the ruins that are near here? I was not aware of any ruins in this area. Quite honestly, I'm not aware of any settlements around here. Why do you ask? Oh, it was... There were just ruins that we encountered on the way... The last time we were through here, and they just seemed out of place for ruins of a stone tower to be here. Thought maybe you knew something about it. That certainly seems strange, but no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not aware of anything in this area. Okie dokie. She's going to climb up on top of the... Uh, the wagon and uh, continue her, her uh, lookout. Aren't you cold up there? The wind is bad enough down here. I have a really good jacket. I certainly hope so. You see as he kind of pulls his own coat closer to himself as he's fighting the wind. Is there anything else you would like to do during your third day of travel? So as you all pass the area where the ruins once lay, you continue through the valley between the mountains, now heading northwest. And at your current pace, you believe you only have one day's travel left before you arrive at the Goblin Village. The caravans take their usual formation. The campfire is lit. And who would like to take watch for the night? I'll go first. Shatton will take first watch. We'll take second watch then. I'll take third. All right. Then Moss, if you would roll perception. Uh, 19. All right. The 19. As everyone begins to settle in, Markry fighting the cold decides to bid you an early good night and hunkers down within his carriage, sealing up the flaps as best he can. Your night goes without issue, though you do spend most of your watch listening to the howls and barks of wolves in the distance. It would seem the packs are very active lately. 
but you can tell based on the echoes and faintness of the sound that they are a good distance from you and pose no immediate threat. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? Nope. All right. And as your watch comes to a close, you go to wake Shatten for hers. I'll go over and wake Shatten up. Just kind of shake her. Zack, who you're missing? You're, you're. What? It's your turn. Okay. Stretches a bit and uh, climbs up on top of the wagons to start her lookout. Also, hunker down inside one of the wagons. Okay. Shutton, if you could roll perception for your watch. That would be uh, 25. What the hell is your modifier on perception? Nine. Jesus. I rolled a 16 on that. It can, it can still get higher. I uh, believe it. Uh, where are you sitting during your watch? Uh, on top of the uh, the wagons to get a good look out beyond the... Out, just outside of where the firelight would be. So her vision's not blocked by the fire. Okay. So get a good view of the landscape. As you continue, as you are sitting on top of this carriage, bracing yourself against the cold wind and the flurries that have now shifted to a full-on snowstorm, you perk your ears up above your hood. And for a moment, you hear the barking and howls of wolves off in the distance until you hear three sequential yelps and a loud rumble in the distance. With that perception check, you know that this is a great distance from you. But whatever the wolves have hunted, while the wolves were hunting, they didn't know that they too were being hunted. And you surmise that perhaps another Bulette has surfaced and taken out part of the pack. Aside from the whistling winds and snow impacting against your fur, the remainder of your night goes without issue. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? How many of the uh, of us are sleeping on the on the ground? I believe none. I believe everybody's decided to hunker inside of a carriage. Okay. Um, then I'm going to, uh, I believe Celine was next. Yes. So, uh, she's going to go wake up Celine. Uh, at this Celine. point, Celine is already awake. Celine. Yes. It's your turn for the watch. Okay. Um, I think I may have heard of Bullet. Or, uh, in the distance. So you might want to keep an eye, uh, uh, an ear out for that. They might go for the horses, I think. I'll definitely keep a sharp eye. So, and then she's going to scamper off to her wagon and, you know, set up inside her nest. Okay. Celine, if you could roll perception for your watch. Um, 
<laughs> I got a nine. Right. You're having a bit of difficulty hearing what's going on outside of the camp due to the high winds and the fact that you have some trouble uh, keeping your hood off of your head as you are still not quite accustomed to these to this climate uh, the remainder your watch goes without issue without threat you are unable to hear uh, any signs of encroaching danger while you continue your watch is there anything you would like to do during this time um no, I'm just kind of sitting near the fire, trying to stay as warm as I can. Okay. As the night continues, dawn begins to break. The, the snowstorm has not let up, but it would seem that the horses are well-trained for these kinds of situations. And as dawn breaks, you hear the carriage drivers begin to stir, feeding the horses, tending to them, making sure that they are well fed and everyone else begins to awaken for the fourth and final day of travel to the goblin village and as everything is packed up and gotten ready to go is there anything you would like to do during the fourth day of travel uh, Shatton does share with the rest of the party what she heard the night during her during her watch just to give folks a heads up to Watch the, watch, watch the ground. And uh, she's going to looking right on top of the wagons and look, looking out for danger. Moss will ride in like one of the uh, front seats of one of the wagons looking around for any sign too. Okay. Anyone looking to keep watch? Please roll perception. Ice will lay in the back of one of the wagons and sleep. Okay. Vice will be the best rested of the group. Rolled a nat That's... 20 for 29. Okay. 16. All right. <clears throat> uh, during your final day of travel, it is a bit tough, but the horses pull strong. There are no threats during your travel. The road, while rough and needed to be cleared of a giant log laying across the path, this does not seem to delay you all that much, as Markry insists that Gurn move it and prove his strength, and Gurn does so without contest. And as the day begins to reach its end, you see ahead of you the familiar broken-down roofs of the goblin village. And as you crest the final hill and can look down upon the goblin village, you see the run-down buildings, the clouds begin to part, and the storm begins to let up. And in the sunset light, you see the snow glistening off of the roofs. You have arrived at the Goblin Village. And that is where we are going to end tonight's session. <laughs>